Chapter Six of *The Crock of Gold* by James Stevens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read for you by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Book One: The Coming of Pan. Chapter Six. The thin woman of Inish McGrath slept very late that morning, but when she did awaken, her impatience was so urgent that she could scarcely delay to eat her breakfast immediately after she had eaten she put on her bonnet and shawl and went through the pine wood in the direction of gordon Clokamora. in a short time she reached the rocky field and walking over to the tree in the southeast corner she picked up a small stone and hammered loudly against the trunk of the tree she hammered in a peculiar fashion giving two knocks and then three knocks and then one knock a voice came up from the hole who is that please said the voice ban nadroid of inishmagrah and well you know it was her reply i am coming up noble woman said the voice and in another moment the leprechaun leapt out of the hole where are shamus and bridget beg said the thin woman sternly how would i know where they are replied the leprechaun wouldn't they be at home now if they were at home i wouldn't have come here looking for them was her reply it is my belief that you have them "'Search me,' said the leprechaun, opening his waistcoat. "'They are down there in your little house,' said the thin woman angrily, "'and the sooner you let them up, the better it will be for yourself and your five brothers.' "'Noble woman,' said the leprechaun, "'you can go down yourself into our little house and look. "'I can't say fairer than that.' "'I wouldn't fit down there,' she said. "'I'm too big.' "'You know the way for making yourself little,' replied the leprechaun but i mightn't be able to make myself big again said the thin woman and then you and your dirty brothers would have it all your own way if you don't let the children up she continued i'll raise the she of krogan congalia against you you know what happened to the clercons of olan naglas when they stole the queen's baby it will be a worse thing than that for you if the children are not back in my house before moonrise this night i'll go round to my people just tell that to your five ugly brothers health to you she added and strode away health with yourself noble woman said the leprechaun and he stood on one leg until she was out of sight and then he slid down into the hole again when the thin woman was going back through the pine wood she saw mehal mcmurroku travelling in the same direction and his brows were in a tangle of perplexity god be with you mehal mcmurroku she said god and mary be with you ma'am he replied i am in great trouble this day why wouldn't you be said the thin woman i came up to have a talk with your husband about a particular thing if it's talk you want you have come to a good house mehal he is a powerful man right enough said mehal after a few minutes the thin woman spoke again i can get the reek of his pipe from here let you go in right to him now and i'll stay outside for a while for the sound of your two voices would give me a pain in my head whatever will please you will please me ma'am said her companion and he went into the little house mehal mcmurroku had good reason to be perplexed he was the father of one child only and she was the most beautiful girl in the whole world the pity of it was that no one at all knew she was beautiful and she did not even know it herself 
at times when she bathed in the eddy of a mountain stream and saw her reflection looking up from the placid water she thought that she looked very nice but then a great sadness would come upon her for what is the use of looking nice if there is nobody to see one's beauty beauty also is usefulness the arts as well as the crafts the graces equally with the utilities must stand up in the market-place and be judged by the gombian men the only house near to her father's was that occupied by bessie hannigan the other few houses were scattered widely with long quiet miles of hill and bog between them so that she had hardly seen more than a couple of men beside her father since she was born she helped her father and mother in all the small businesses of their house and every day also she drove their three cows and two goats to pasture on the mountain slopes here through the sunny days the years had passed in a slow warm thoughtlessness wherein without thinking many thoughts had entered into her mind and many pictures hung for a moment like birds in the thin air at first and for a long time she had been happy enough there were many things in which a child might be interested the spacious heavens which never wore the same beauty on any day the innumerable little creatures living among the grasses or in the heather the steep swing of a bird down from the mountain to the infinite plains below the little flowers which were so contented each in its peaceful place the bees gathering food for their houses and the stout beetles who are always losing their way in the dusk these things and many others interested her the three cows after they had grazed for a long time would come and lie by her side and look at her as they chewed their cud and the goats would prance from the bracken to push their heads against her breast because they loved her indeed everything in her quiet world loved this girl but very slowly there was growing in her consciousness an unrest a disquietude to which she had hitherto been a stranger sometimes an infinite weariness oppressed her to the earth a thought was born in her mind and it had no name it was growing and could not be expressed she had no words wherewith to meet it to exercise or greet this stranger who more and more insistently and pleadingly tapped upon her doors and begged to be spoken to admitted and caressed and nourished a thought is a real thing and words are only its raiment but a thought is as shy as a virgin unless it is fittingly apparelled we may not look on its shadowy nakedness it will fly from us and only return again in the darkness crying in a thin childish voice which we may not comprehend until with aching minds listening and divining we at last fashion for it those symbols which are its protection and its banner so she could not understand the touch that came to her from afar and yet how intimately the whisper so aloof and yet so thrillingly personal the standard of either language or experience was not hers she could listen but not think she could feel but not know her eyes looked forward and did not see her hands groped in the sunlight and felt nothing it was like the edge of a little wind which stirred her tresses but could not lift them or the first white peep of the dawn which is neither light nor darkness but she listened not with her ears but with her blood 
the fingers of her soul stretched out to clasp a stranger's hand and her disquietude was quickened through an eagerness which was neither physical nor mental for neither her body nor her mind was definitely interested some dim region between these grew alarmed and watched and waited and did not sleep or grow weary at all one morning she lay among the long warm grasses she watched a bird who soared and sang for a little time and then it sped swiftly away down the steep air and out of sight in the blue distance even when it was gone the song seemed to ring in her ears it seemed to linger with her as a faint sweet echo coming fitfully with little pauses as though a wind disturbed it and careless distant eddies after a few moments she knew it was not a bird no bird's song had that consecutive melody for their themes are as careless as their wings she sat up and looked about her but there was nothing in sight the mountains sloped gently above her and away to the clear sky around her the scattered clumps of heather were drowsing in the sunlight far below she could see her father's house a little gray patch near some trees and then the music stopped and left her wondering she could not find her goats anywhere although for a long time she searched they came to her at last of their own accord from behind a fold in the hills and they were more wildly excited than she had ever seen them before even the cows forsook their solemnity and broke into awkward gambols around her as she walked home that evening a strange elation taught her feet to dance hither and thither she flitted in front of the beasts and behind them her feet tripped to a wayward measure there was a tune in her ears and she danced to it throwing her arms out and above her head and swaying and bending as she went the full freedom of her body was hers now the lightness and poise and certainty of her limbs delighted her and the strength that did not tire delighted her also the evening was full of peace and quietude the mellow dusky sunlight made a path for her feet and everywhere through the wide fields birds were flashing and singing and she sang with them a song that had no words and wanted none the following day she heard the music again faint and thin wonderfully sweet and as wild as the song of a bird but it was a melody which no bird would adhere to a theme was repeated again and again in the middle of trills grace notes runs and catches it recurred with a strange almost holy solemnity a hushing slender melody full of austerity and aloofness there was something in it to set her heart beating she yearned to it with her ears and her lips was it joy menace carelessness she did not know but this she did know that however terrible it was personal to her it was her unborn thought strangely audible and felt rather than understood on that day she did not see anybody either she drove her charges home in the evening listlessly and the beasts also were very quiet when the music came again she made no effort to discover where it came from she only listened and when the tune was ended she saw a figure rise from the fold of a little hill the sunlight was gleaming from his arms and shoulders but the rest of his body was hidden by the bracken and he did not look at her as he went away playing softly on a double pipe 
the next day he did not look at her he stood waist-deep in greenery fronting her squarely she had never seen so strange a face before her eyes almost died on him as she gazed and he returned her look for a long minute with an intent expressionless regard his hair was a cluster of brown curls his nose was little and straight and his wide mouth drooped sadly at the corners his eyes were wide and most mournful and his forehead was very broad and white his sad eyes and mouth almost made her weep when he turned away he smiled at her and it was as though the sun had shone suddenly in a dark place banishing all sadness and gloom then he went mincingly away as he went he lifted the slender double reed to his lips and blew a few careless notes the next day he fronted her as before looking down to her eyes from a short distance he played for only a few moments and fitfully and then he came to her when he left the bracken the girl suddenly clapped her hands against her eyes affrighted there was something different terrible about him the upper part of his body was beautiful but the lower part she dared not look at him again she would have risen and fled away but she feared he might pursue her and the thought of such a chase and the inevitable capture froze her blood the thought of anything behind us is always terrible the sound of pursuing feet is worse than the murder from which we fly so she sat still and waited but nothing happened at last desperately she dropped her hands he was sitting on the ground a few paces from her he was not looking at her but far away sidewards across the spreading hill his legs were crossed they were shaggy and hoofed like the legs of a goat but she would not look at these because of his wonderful sad grotesque face gaiety is good to look upon and an innocent face is delightful to our souls but no woman can resist sadness or weakness and ugliness she dare not resist her nature leaps to be the comforter it is her reason it exalts her to an ecstasy wherein nothing but the sacrifice of herself has any proportion men are not fathers by instinct but by chance but women are mothers beyond thought beyond instinct which is the father of thought motherliness pity self-sacrifice these are the charges of her primal cell and not even the discovery that men are comedians liars and egotists will wean her from this as she looked at the pathos of his face she repudiated the hideousness of his body the beast which is in all men is glossed by women it is his childishness the destructive energy inseparable from youth and high spirits and it is always forgiven by women often forgotten sometimes and not rarely cherished and fostered after a few moments of this silence he placed the reed to his lips and played a plaintive little air and then he spoke to her in a strange voice coming like a wind from distant places what is your name shepherd girl said he cataline ingen nemuraku she whispered daughter of muraku said he i have come from a far place where there are high hills the men and maidens who follow their flocks in that place know me and love me for i am the master of the shepherds 
they sing and dance and are glad when i come to them in the sunlight but in this country no people have done any reverence to me the shepherds fly away when they hear my pipes in the pastures the maidens scream in fear when i dance to them in the meadows i am very lonely in this strange country you also although you danced to the music of my pipes have covered your face against me and made no reverence i will do whatever you say if it is right said she you must not do anything because it is right but because it is your wish right is a word and wrong is a word but the sun shines in the morning and the dew falls in the dusk without thinking of these words which have no meaning the bee flies to the flower and the seed goes abroad and is happy is that right shepherd girl it is wrong also i come to you because the bee goes to the flower it is wrong if i did not come to you to whom would i go there is no right and no wrong but only the will of the gods i am afraid of you said the girl you fear me because my legs are shaggy like the legs of a goat look at them well o maiden and know that they are indeed the legs of a beast and then you will not be afraid any more do you not love beasts surely you should love them for they yearn to you humbly or fiercely craving your hand upon their heads as i do if i were not fashioned thus i would not come to you because i would not need you man is a god and a brute he aspires to the stars with his head but his feet are contented in the grasses of the field and when he forsakes the brute upon which he stands then there will be no more men and no more women and the immortal gods will blow this world away like smoke i don't know what you want me to do said the girl i want you to want me i want you to forget right and wrong to be as happy as the beasts as careless as the flowers and the birds to live to the depths of your nature as well as to the heights truly there are stars in the heights and they will be a garland for your forehead but the depths are equal to the heights wondrous deep are the depths very fertile is the lowest deep there are stars there also brighter than the stars on high the name of the heights is wisdom and the name of the depths is love how shall they come together and be fruitful if you do not plunge deeply and fearlessly wisdom is the spirit and the wings of the spirit love is the shaggy beast that goes down gallantly he dives below thought below wisdom to rise again as high above these as he had first descended wisdom is righteous and clean but love is unclean and holy i sing of the beast and the descent the great unclean purging itself in fire the thought that is not born in the measure or the ice or the head but in the feet and the hot blood and the pulse of fury the crown of life is not lodged in the sun the wise gods have buried it deeply where the thoughtful will not find it nor the good but the gay ones the adventurous ones the careless plungers they will bring it to the wise and astonish them all things are seen in the light how shall we value that which is easy to see 
but the precious things which are hidden they will be more precious for our search they will be beautiful with our sorrow they will be noble because of our desire for them come away with me shepherd girl through the fields and we will be careless and happy and we will leave thought to find us when it can for that is the duty of thought and it is more anxious to discover us than we are to be found so Catalina Moracu arose and went with him through the fields, and she did not go with him because of love, nor because his words had been understood by her, but only because he was naked and unashamed. End of chapter 6